you very much, Father Bob. Well, for all of you who do not know me, um, my name is Father Andrew Thornton. I'm going to go by Father Thornton, and uh, I'm the new priest in these parts. Uh, and I sincerely hope that we get to know each other. Uh, for the past two years, I've been assigned to Fishers, but it brings me great joy to, joy to, like I said, return to my roots here in Muncie. Here, I converted to Catholicism, and I found the love of my life, the Catholic Church. I'm already grateful to God for each and every one of you, my beloved flock. Father DiCarlo said yesterday that um, as I begin my assignment, uh, we should playfully start a fake competition about who, which of us is the better priest. Um, and my response, of course, to this invitation was, game on. Except for the fake part, uh, let's have a real competition, I said. Preaching, teaching, baptizing, and ministry. I've been to school for this. And in fact, uh, I think I just, in making this wonderful suggestion, I'm already in the lead. I award myself 10 points. Anyway, the story goes that a priest sees a young man walk into his church. And the young man, he's downtrodden. He's shabby looking. Obviously, he's in distress. And the priest says, my son, what's troubling you? Oh, Father, he replied, I'm at my wit's end. I got fired. The bills are starting to pile up. My credit cards are maxed out. I'm about to lose everything. I don't know what to do. Take heart, the priest said. All shall be well in the fullness of time. Go to a nice, quiet park where you can be at one with nature. Set your Bible on a table. Contemplate your trials and your tribulations. And wait the wind to flip the pages of your good book and then read what it says there and you shall find your inspiration the man left and the priest did not see him for several weeks then one day the young man pulls up to the church and this time he's driving a brand new Porsche wearing an expensive Italian designer suit and he's obviously on top of the world so upon seeing this, the priest reacted, My goodness, son, you've certainly turned your life around. The young man replied, Yes, father, I owe it all to you. I did what you said. And when I looked at my Bible, I knew I had found the answer. It's wonderful, son, but if I may ask, the priest replied, What was it that you read? And the young man replied, Chapter 13. Bankruptcy. <laughs> Throughout these years, and I am still reminded today, God is never outdone in generosity. Never. In our first reading, a wealthy woman feeds and houses Elisha. In gratitude, Elisha, in God's name, promises her a son. And in the second reading, we hear that if we die to sin, God will raise us from the dead to live with his own life. In the gospel reading, Jesus promises to reward us if we give even a cup of cold water to the least of his brothers and sisters. People who tithe their time, talent, treasure to the church, giving one-tenth of what they can afford to it, confirm rather that God is generous, not that they are. In a sense, none of our possessions are ours in the first place as skills, talents, health, work ethic. 
and also thus money or gifts we give, originally were given to us by God. At first, we might be afraid we won't have anything left if we give too much. But in fact, those who are generous with God's generosity always manage beautifully. I met a group of people who tithe and seemed very joyous about it, I heard once uh, from a parishioner. And when they suggested that he and his wife do the same thing, his wife was very concerned. We had two young children and a mortgage. However, he continued, after much discussion, we started giving just a little to the church, he said. To our surprise, we managed to keep the house, keep our kids clothed, and fed and still go on vacations. The late Father Donald Neumann used to preach a homily once a year encouraging parishioners to be generous enough to have another child. He reported similar findings that no couples ever found themselves in want because they had another child. It was the people who refused out of fear that there would be not enough for themselves who were always worried about finances, he said. Mother Teresa would never let her sisters solicit funds. She always trusted God for what they needed, and God always provided. All these examples, however, can make it look as though we must give a little first before God will give back. But no. Remember, love consists in this. Not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us, St. John says. We, for our part, love because he first loved us. Even our small impulses of generosity are his gifts to us. The truth is not that we must give before God will give back but that we must divest ourselves of anything we prefer to him before we can accept what he really wants to give us, himself. Accordingly, in the gospel reading, Jesus warns us against putting anything ahead of him, even father, mother, son, or daughter. Those who put this world ahead of the next will lose everything while those who, quote, make no provision for the desires of the flesh, end quote, will gain God and with him a hundred times what they think they have lost. That is, everything worth desiring. We should not be imprudent, giving away our worldly goods and expecting other people to provide for us. However, we should be ready to give them up when love of them conflicts with love of God. Quote, The right to private property, whether acquired by work or received from others by inheritance or gift, does not do away with the original gift of the earth to the whole of mankind, the Catechism of the Catholic Church says. We should regard our goods not as exclusive to ourselves, but common to others also, in the sense that they can benefit others as well as ourselves. Before we can accept that first gift of God's generosity, we must make room for those gifts. If we submit 
to death in our ambitions, our goods, our wishes, and eventually even our bodies, then, and only then, do we find eternal life. I conclude with a C.S. Lewis who says the following. Look at yourself, and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ, and you will find him. And with him, everything else thrown in. Amen.